generosity, if you're taking notes, generosity is love in action. Welcome to the Portland Christian Center podcast. This is week one in the series, Generous. Now here is Pastor Nate. Hey, all right. Good morning. Wow, so good to see all of you. We are better together. Yes. And we are generous together. And that's really what we're going to be talking about in just a moment. But before I get there, it's just really important that um, I want to let the whole body know. Um, for those of you that know uh, a lady named Nancy Conti, who knows Nancy Conti? Uh, she passed away yesterday. Um, her, uh, she was a part of a member of our church at PCC for over 50 years. Isn't that amazing? Um, and her husband, Dan, he passed away over 20 years ago, uh, but they've been active leaders, a part of the board, uh, just amazing family. And so um, we want to let you know that there will be a memorial service um, for, for her December 2nd, right here at PCC, okay? December 2nd, right here at PCC. I just thought it'd be appropriate to pray for the family. Is that all right? Would you just bow with me? Let's just pray for them. Lord, I thank you for Nancy and, and her life and legacy here at Portland Christian Center and all the family, Lord. I just pray, uh, Father, for, for your grace to be with them, Lord, as they uh, go through all the process and uh, grieving and different things, Lord. But most of all, we thank you that Nancy is in heaven with you. She's got her new body rejoicing with her husband. And we thank you that as believers, we do not mourn as the world mourns because we have hope in you, Lord Jesus. So we thank you for her life and we celebrate her. And uh, we look forward to seeing her in heaven one day soon. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Wow, I was just looking out at all of you, and man, you look great today. Would you turn to your neighbor and just say, you look great? Yes, you look great. You look great. One of, one of my favorite things about being a part of uh, Portland Christian Center uh, since we've just started is truly how generous Portland Christian Center is. This is a very generous church. And as we start this series on generosity and being generous, it's one of those things I believe as a pastor, I always want to teach on things that the Bible teaches, and especially if the Bible repeats itself a lot. You see, there'll be things in scriptures that maybe someone might get like excited about, and so they call them like little hobby horses, where they, they, they teach on little like things about scripture, which that's okay. All scriptures God breathed, right? All of it is. But when God repeats something a lot in scripture, we probably should pay attention to it. Just, you know, one of those things. And so the reason I'm saying that is because whenever people in general, when they hear you're talking about a generosity series, some of them think, oh, should have stayed home today. Pastor's talking about money again. The nice thing about that, I've only been here a few months. You can't say it's been again. I want to put your, your nerves at ease here. Portland Christian Center is doing great. This church, by the way, is paid off. Come on. 
And so you might be thinking like, man, if, if there's not really this pressing need, finances, all those different things, why are you talking about generosity? And the reason I'm talking about it is because if Jesus taught it, we should teach it too. And I believe that when you understand generosity, it unlocks things in your heart that need to be unlocked. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And the big lie in the world is that the church just wants your money. That could be further from the truth. Jesus is after hearts. And what he's teaching us about generosity is that when we're generous, we're actually becoming more like our Heavenly Father. God so loved the world that he gave. And so when we look at Scripture and we see all the things that Jesus and, and even all throughout the Bible taught on, what we, what we, sometimes we think, what are some of the common themes? What are some things talked about? Maybe we would say that love is the most talked about thing. But actually, it's only... It's only mentioned 700 times in the Bible. Do you know how many times give is mentioned in the Bible? Over 2,100 times. Over 2,100 times. Three times as much as the word love is. And, and why is that? If, you have, if you're taking notes, your big idea, here's why it is. Because generosity is love in action. Generosity is love in action. And I believe that we are better together and we're better when we're generous together. We can do so much more together than we can alone. In Acts, there's this story in Acts chapter 1 where the, 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 the apostles and the different new believers, they're in this upper room and they're praying in Acts 1 and the Holy Spirit shows up shakes this room and they speak in tongues and there's this prophecy that is fulfilled and Peter stands up and he preaches and 3,000 people get saved. Amazing. Revival is happening in Jerusalem. And then we read just a little bit further, this community that's now exploding with growth this is what they are marked by. Listen to this. All the believers, Acts 2.42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Wow. Sounds like PCC. We did that this morning, didn't we? Verse 43. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and what? Generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. One of the things that's so important that we're praying for, for Portland and for Portland Christian Center, is for this word revival. 
revival. We want God to revive our hearts on a daily basis, to be filled with joy, love, peace, so that we can offer something different to the world than what they're experiencing. And yet, I've seen this over and over and over. I've been a pastor's kid. I've been around the assemblies of God. I've even studied church history. And one of the things that kills revivals faster than anything is when people start to make it all about them. One of the signs that revival is happening in your life is that you become more generous. One of the signs that a church is experiencing revival is they just can't help but be generous. Why? Because your big idea this morning explains it. Generosity, if you're taking notes, generosity is love in action. When the Holy Spirit fills you with power, that power is this overwhelming love and grace of God to offer things that the world just, just simply cannot. And I, I, so I want to ask you today, as, as we get going into this, into this series, how is generosity being expressed in your life? And when I say that, I'm not just talking about money, even though I am. I'm talking about your time. I'm talking about the gifts and the talents God's given you. And I am talking about our finances. I just believe you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. I'll say that again. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And so today, I want to talk to you about Portland Christian Center. Not just where we're going, but who we are. Say, that's who we are. We are a generous church. You can repeat that with me. Say, we are a generous church. I'll try and lead that a little better as I ask you to repeat things. A generous church, number one, if you're taking notes, number one, a generous church will always put God first. A generous church will always put God first. If you're here today and you're thinking only about yourself, this message is for you. Because we are all learning by faith to put God in his proper place. He is king. He is Lord. He is master. He is savior. He has authority over everything in your life. He is first. He is alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. Everything that was made and created was by him, from him, and through him. And without him, nothing has been made. Guess who should be first? He is first. And so what we have to do is constantly look at our lives and say, Father, help me to worry less and trust you more. Amen. Because if he is first, I don't have anything to fear. A few years ago, I was driving in one of my friend's cars. I was in college, and he had a Honda that I think it was like in, in the late 70s, that, that style of Honda. And I get in the car... And he had a name for this Honda. He called it Rhonda. I don't know why. His Honda was named Rhonda. And, and we get in the car, and no joke, he put his hand on the steering wheel and kind of said a little prayer for Rhonda. 
And as he turned the car on, I looked and his check engine light was on. His oil lamp light was on. And his gas light was on. And I looked at him and I said, man, are we going to make it? And I'm not kidding you, with his hand on the steering wheel, he said, I hope so. I hope so. And, and the reason I tell you that is this. Worry is the warning light that God is really not first in my life in a particular area. Worry is like the warning lights in your car. When they come on, all of us have the temptation to ignore them. But today, I don't want you to ignore them because worry says that God is not big enough to handle my troubles. When we put God first, we are telling our fears, our concerns, our spiritual lack of understanding about how big God is. We're putting all that aside. And we put God first. Guess what we're saying? I am not afraid. I know who holds my future. I know who commands the seas to come in and come out. I know who spoke the world into existence. He is the one who's always in control. You see, when I come to God and I put him first, I have the ability to say, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you with everything. Some things or everything. Big things. Small things, itty bitty things. Everything belongs at the feet of Jesus. And so the Bible teaches us one of the ways to actually like tangibly make sure that we see that God is first. He teaches us to tithe, to tithe. The first 10%, a tithe is a tenth, the first 10% of your Income belongs to God. It's just like already there. But God is giving you a test every single time you get paid. Who's in charge? I see it's really fun to say, God, you're number one. I put you in charge. And he says, well, give me a t give back the tenth. And you're like, ooh, I'm not sure if you're first. We don't say it that way. But when we don't, it actually is showing what's really in your heart, isn't it? You see, Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Did you notice the condition of the promise? If you're faithful here, God will bless you. Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithes in the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. Genesis 28.22, it says this about Jacob. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place of worshiping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. Why am I reading those passages to you? We're going to teach on those more, but I just want to point one simple truth out. When a few years ago, uh, a video was circulating on Instagram and, 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 and Facebook. I don't know. Maybe there's a TikTok. I don't know. Whatever there was. 
But there was this video of someone saying, we don't have to tithe anymore. I read the Bible and that's in the Old Testament. It's not for today. I was like, I'm so sorry. You need to actually have someone explain it to you. You don't know what you're talking about. Actually, I think that's Satan lying to you. And, and why can I say that? Well, one of the arguments people will make is, oh, it's in the Old Testament. Therefore, when Jesus came, he fulfilled the law, right? That means I don't have to tithe because Jesus fulfilled it. Uh, wrong. The scriptures I just read to you, Genesis 28, 22, predates the law. So what does that mean? It means that it's a principle taught in Scripture before the law was actually given. Therefore, Jesus is not fulfilling or expiring that. He's actually saying, guess what? It all belongs to God still. The tithe is still relevant for today. And what I want to teach us today is this, is since everything belongs to God, and when you trust him, when you set aside the first 10%, you know what's going to happen? You will have abundance in the 90%. It doesn't make sense in math, but when you're faithful in the little, God will be faithful with the much. It'll absolutely change your life. And so for me, one of the things God's growing me is that every time I, I uh, get paid, the first thing I do is this, tithe. Instantly. I was watching the movie uh, The Blind Side. Have you seen that movie The Blind Side? All right. Quite a few of you. Sandra Bullock's in it. Uh, it's all he's like, yeah, Miss Congeniality, woo! <laughs> no, uh, we're just talking about The Blind Side, okay? In it, she says, every good wife knows the first check you write is for the mortgage. And I want to say, no! Every good Christian knows the first check you write is the tithe. Because it already belongs to God. For years when I, when I started getting a regular paycheck, because I had a real job, <laughs> they, there was something called um, automatic withdrawal. We have that up here at PCC, which is great. You just takes out the first thing right when you get paid. That's great if you do that. Um, fantastic. But my father-in-law, Mike, Miles, that we were, we were talking and he was, we were, I don't know how we were talking about giving and finances and tithing. And I told him how I, how I tithe. And he said, oh, you know, that's okay. I was like, what? He's, I think he's, he's, you know those moments when you have someone ready to teach you and being a, a, a young buck like I am, sometimes I, I, it's kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to teach this. I don't want to learn this. But he said, you know what I do is I, I go by, my, by myself and I write, handwrite the check, and then I pray over it, and I say, Lord, this is an offering to you. And there's just something about intentionally saying, God, this is yours. And I thought, well, that's nice for you. I'll just keep doing what, what, what I'm doing. And then the Holy Spirit convicted me. Now, again, this is not like the Bible doesn't say you have to give this way or give this way or however. It's just a matter that you give, okay? But I'm just telling you, for me, this has been an area that God has really shaped the way that Myel and I give, because whenever we tithe, we want it to be worship. We want to tell ourselves, our finances, number one, Father, all of this is yours. 
So I'm going to be generous and tithe. It's the least I can do. You've saved me. You've healed me. You've set me free from addiction and brokenness. Thank you for my kids, my wife, my family, my house, my car. Thank you. All this is impossible without you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is the least I can do. I love you. You are first. Here it is. You know what happens when I intentionally do that? This changes. What's God after? Our hearts. Our hearts. And so when we come to the Lord, I want to encourage you at church to be generous. To be generous. Why? The first thing we said was what? A generous church what? They will put God first. The second thing we're going to say today is this. It demonstrates faith. It demonstrates faith. When you are generous, it will demonstrate your faith in God. Do you trust yourself or do you trust God? Do you trust yourself or do you trust God? Yesterday, we had men's breakfast. Where are all the men in the house? Ooh, ooh, give me a, I don't know, tool time, a little grunt or something, home improvement, that old show. I don't know. I came down the stairs and I had Tate with me. Titus was already in the gym shooting baskets. He sprinted as fast as he could to the gym. And when we came around the corner, the cooks were already cooking. The bacon is just amazing. And out came Matt with a little trough of bacon. And he had it waiting for Tate. Handed to him right around the corner. And he goes, Tate goes, thank you, my man. <laughs> you see... The month, the, a couple months before, we had came there and Tate said, I'm starving, I'm starving. And he wasn't starving, he was fine. And he said, what bacon? And so Matt, I didn't ask him, didn't talk to him. He decided to demonstrate generosity without being asked. He just decided to remember I'm going to bless this little kid. And you know what I did in my own heart? I said, thank you. But you know, I said, thank you, Jesus, for seeing my boy. Thank you, Jesus. And I, I want you to check this out. And 2 Corinthians 9.13 says, as a result of your ministry, they will glorify God. When you are being generous and you're ministering, guess who gets the glory? God does. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove Your generosity, it proves that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. It is a physical, um, tangible demonstration that God is first in your life. So you might be saying, well, how do I know if I'm generous? Start tithing. Simple way to do it. Philemon 1.6 says, and I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. You see, when we're generous, it points people to God. When we're stingy, we make it all about us, God's not getting any of that glory, is he? This, when, when we first got here, we did a uh, community care day at Robert Gray Elementary. That was incredible. So many PCCers were out there. And we were working and we were cleaning up, getting ready. We were shoveling and cleaning. And when we showed up there, there were these ladies doing it. Like, I think it's like Zumba or something. They had music on. They had over on. They're just like. <laughs> Sorry, that's my attempt at the gritty. I still can't do it. 
Titus will make fun of me later. But they're just dancing, you know, and they're singing their songs. And we're just cleaning up weeds all around them. And we, we held off the blower till they were done. You know, I didn't want to like blow dust in their eyes. The poor ladies trying to work out, get their sweat on, you know. And so afterwards we're working and they, one of the ladies um, um, came up to me and a couple of us and, and they said, what are you guys doing? And she was like, that looks like hard work. And I said, you want to join? She's like, no, I already got my workout in. And she goes, well, no, really, what are you guys doing? I said, oh, we're, we're part of Portland Christian Center, and we're just here to love this school and as a church, and we just want to bless it. And she, this is what she said, no joke. She goes, I knew you were Christians. <laughs> I knew you were Christians. Isn't that the kind of generosity we should be living? where people are following you and say, I knew you were a Christian. I just knew it. There's just something about you, the way that you buy groceries, <laughs> the way that you shop. Oh, that's a Christian right there. I knew it. How will they know if we don't show the love of God everywhere you go? We are generous because it demonstrates our faith in God. And I'm just telling you right now, if you want your faith to come alive, if you want to be excited about what God's doing, start being more generous because it will take some faith to step out. Myel and I were pastors at Stone Church in Yakima, youth pastors. And at that time, Titus was just born, and we figured out a way to live very, very tight with our budget so that she could stay home with Titus. And it was some of the, honestly, it was some of the best time uh, she got to stay home. And there's just nothing like having your wife raise your kids and being home with them and them coming home just laughing, you know. But it was a sacrifice. Financially, we, we just made it very, very tight, and we were going along okay, but then medical bills started hitting and things started happening. And so we were feeling this pressure. And whenever that happens, you know, you kind of want to like wonder if I should be generous anymore with my money. Like I just got to make it. So we're just going to pinch and, and, and figure out how to make all this stuff happen. And, and so I remember preaching on a Sunday morning. And after I got done, one of the guys in the congregation came up to me and he said, Hey, um, I want to I wanna have coffee with you this week. And I said, sure, no problem. And, he said, and so we set it up and it turned out to be two days later. And we sit down and he said, I've never done this before. I said, okay, well, I've, I've had coffee before, but that's okay. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, not coffee. And uh, he goes, and he slips this envelope across the table. And he says, as you were preaching, the Holy Spirit told me, that you, I need to give this to you. And I'm like, all right, praise the Lord. So we, we, we uh, shook hands and we kind of fit. He goes, but don't open it till, 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 uh, till you get in the car. So I get in the car, I open it, $500. And I'm just like, oh, I'm weeping, I'm excited. Praise God, we can knock out some debt. This is gonna be incredible. And as I'm sort of thinking about all the ways I can spend it, 
all of a sudden, you, you know when the Holy Spirit starts hitting, you're like, oh no, this is not just supposed to be for me. <laughs> and so at our youth group, we did this thing called Speed the Light, and we told the kids that they were supposed to pray about a specific number to give, because the Bible says not to give reluctantly or out of compulsion, but the Lord loves a cheerful giver. So we taught the kids, pray, ask the Holy Spirit, what number are you supposed to give? So Myel and I prayed separately. Guess how much money we wrote down? $500 exactly. And I'm telling you, that was one of the hardest, most like, I was like, Lord, but this was a gift to us. We should be able to spend it on me. <laughs> Come on, I'm not the only one that ever has wrestled with that. <laughs> the mall is such a dangerous place. You're walking through like, that's for me, that's mine, and oh, that's mine. Yes, the promised land. <laughs> eBay, there you are. I knew you were waiting for me. Now social media, I can't even go through it. And there's an ad. That shirt would look great on me. Right? Materialism starts creeping in. Do you know the best way to break off materialism is? Give something away. Give something away. Just say, nope. So, Myel and I responded, and we bought myself those new shoes. No, just kidding. We didn't do that. We put in the offering and we prayed. We said, Lord, bless this offering. Didn't think anything of it other than, shoot, that would have been nice. We gave, we gave that $500 away. Two weeks later, there's a check in our mailbox, $3,000. No idea why or how. It was just a check for $3,000 directly to us. Wasn't expecting it, didn't deserve it, didn't earn it. Completely above and beyond what we could ask or imagine. And I have learned this over and over, and Myel and I, and this is a journey of faith that we're talking about, even in our own marriage, and our own lives, we want to be generous. But the truth is you cannot outgive God. And the more open-handed, the more generous we are, the more people see we have faith in God. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to different people and they find out I tithe. I remember one time we were getting a loan at a bank for a house that we were buying and the guy was going over my finances. He's like, hey, what's, what's this, this area over here you're giving this much money? He goes, why don't you use that? And I was like, oh, that's what I give to God. He goes, you give to what? <laughs> I was like, we're Christians. He was like, are you sure? I'm like, yes. I was like, well, do you know how much you could spend with that money? I'm like, yes. Thanks for helping me out, man. <laughs> but I remember him saying, wow, you must really serve God. He said that, those exact words. Wow, you must really be committed. I was like, absolutely. When you're generous, it demonstrates your faith. When you're de generous, it demonstrates your faith. And then finally, a generous church will begin with the tithe and then will grow in the grace of giving. I'm going to say that again. A generous church will begin with the tithe, and then they will grow in the grace of giving. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 7 says this, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches. In the midst of, their very, of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy, and their extreme poverty. Can you believe those two sentences, those two words went together right there? 
their overwhelming joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their own ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people and they exceeded our expectations. Come on, PCC. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So we urge, we urge Titus. No, it's not a typo. It's Titus back then. Just as he had earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I just declare that over Portland Christian Center, over you, your family. We are going to be a church that excels in the grace of giving. We've, like I said before, we paid off this building. We're financially sound. We're transparent with our giving. Also, we support missionaries all over the world. Come on. We're sending new missionaries all the time. I just found out there's another family heading out on Monday. Come on. We're, we're supporting. We're blessing them. PCC, we are a generous church. But Pastor Nate, the interest rates are rising. How's our faith? But Pastor Nate, the election's coming up. I don't know who's going to win. I should save, save, save. May it be all about me. Protect, protect, protect. No. Pray. Vote. And step out in faith. We were never called to be a people that shrink back. In fact, we are called to build the church and the gates of hell. The gates of hell will not prevail. In other words, we are to push through the gates of hell. We are on the offense, not on the defense. How? By being generous. By being generous. Why? Because generosity is love in action. Generosity is love in action. I pray and I just believe at Portland Christian Center, our vision here, Myelna, we pray about our church and we believe that this will be the most loving, compassionate church on the planet. And one of the ways that we will do that is by being the most generous church we can possibly be. We will excel in every area. So what I want you to do if you have your phones or however you're taking notes or paper or whatever you're doing, what I want you to do is write down a number for me. Write down the number 27. 27. Don't worry, that's not what you're going to give. It's just a date. I'm like, oh, 27, what? 27. Don't worry. 27. 27. November 27th. November 27th. In four weeks, we're going to do a miracle offering. Above your tithes, above your missions giving, this is the excel in the grace of giving. This is where you get to let your faith rise in ways that maybe you've never done before. And Myel and I, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to pray during these next 
four weeks, and we're going to say, Holy Spirit, what are you asking us to give? Because in December, we're starting a series called Outrageous Christmas. Because we serve a God that's outrageous. Have you forgotten about the Christmas story? Virgin birth, wise men showing up from afar, led by a star. The most outrageous part of Christmas is that God sent his one and only son, Emmanuel, God with us. We can be generous because our Father is generous. This is a holy moment where I'm going to begin. And as our communicators over these next few weeks, we're just going to ask you just to pray. Please hear me clearly, not out of guilt, not out of compulsion. This is not about me needing more money or anything like that or this church. We are giving to Jesus. We are giving to build his kingdom and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Will you stand with me? And as you stand, I want to tell you a story. Just this past, as I guess it's been a little bit long, a little bit, a little bit, I think it's been two weeks now. At Better Together, somebody found Christ. Last two Sundays, we've had multiple people receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. I just read an email from Pastor Ray. Hundreds of people are getting saved in Africa. Come on. All over the world. I just got... I just got an update from a missionary overseas. Just got this letter, and he's this picture of this person who was lost and now is found. And they said, Thank you for giving. This is not possible if PCC was not sending us out. Please understand this is not about building our own kingdom. This is always about God. We are demonstrating our faith. We are generous because he is generous with us. This next song we're going to sing is called Build My Life. And as you're singing and as you're worshiping God, I just want you to begin to pray and worship Jesus and ask him on the 27th, above my tithe, above my missions giving, above offerings, God, what number would you have me give? And we're going to partner together and we're going to see more souls saved. We're going to see more lives transformed. And we're going to see God do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ever ask or imagine. Amen. So, Father, I pray for your church. This is your body. We love them. We love you. We are grateful. God, help us to be generous because you are generous. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.